Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your number one growing Big Ten football-specific podcast. This is week five of the Eyes on Big Podcast. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek. And this is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, what are we on? We are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, the Podbean app, and also directly on our website at eyesonbig.podbean.com. And, of course, big is spelt with a one, as usual. Um, so disclaimer and, uh, shame on us, especially shame on me for not saying something at the last podcast, our Sunday release podcast, because, uh, I knew at that time that I had a very important business trip down to Texas and that I wasn't going to get back until uh, Thursday night as we're recording now. So I'd like to apologize to, to you, the listener, because we should have given you a heads up, got a little bit of activity on Twitter and text messages like, hey, where the heck is Eyes on Big Podcast? Should have said something. We kind of threw it out there on Twitter this week, uh, probably Tuesday, I think is when I finally yeah. mentioned that it was going to be late. Now, don't forget, I had a big trip this week, too. Oh, Sioux Falls, Sioux, South Dakota. Yeah, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yeah. That's a big trip. Yeah, beautiful Sioux Falls. I actually boarded a plane. I uh, so I was down in Texas. It was your uh, prototypical uh, sales training trip. Um, I love those. Oh uh, yeah, where it's straight protocol. You get in Monday night. Mm-hmm. You're exhausted. You just go to bed. Uh, Tuesday morning, you wake up. You're in some sort of mode of transportation over to the training facility with a bunch of people that you've never met in your entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in uh, Dallas, Texas, and uh, uh, beautiful facility where we're at. It's pretty sweet. I won't tell you the company, but they make like they make a metal product, lots okay. of different metal products. So right when you walk in, huge entrance of the place, a gigantic steer made okay. out of metal, which is pretty cool. All that's right. that's what you expect when you get so, to Texas, right? Good point. So I guess my big question: What I'm always most concerned on in these trips, how was the food? The food was excellent. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, Good meals every day. They had food delivered in in house where we were training. Uh, yeah, the, and then the protocol Tuesday you sit in a classroom all day. Tuesday night everybody gets bombed, Wasted, which right. I have yeah. by the way I'm completely over that. I refuse to get annihilated and wake up and sit in a conference room all day long. For I can't do it. I, I can't. Tortured. I can't physically pull it off anymore. So you just so went to bed. I I I I do my typical three drinks. Then I do an Irish exit where I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, and I act like I'm going to the bathroom. I just go to bed. I'm a pro at that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then, yeah, all day Wednesday again, Wednesday night, we had a thing and then you finally fly back. Um, so Tuesday and Wednesday night, uh, uh, talk some college football. There yeah. was, so it was a mixed bag all over the country. the country. Yep. Nice. And um, there was an Alabama fan who, and it, it, it's like, it's not, like a type of setting where you're going to have anybody in suits or anything like that. Uh, as I've mentioned before, I'm in the construction industry, but it's, it's business professional construction. Everybody's in a lot you know, of khakis. Some, a lot of people look like, well, that's hats. what I was expecting, but I'm telling you like in the building that we're at Jeans. Texas tech shirts, um, okay. LSU shirts in our group, LSU, Alabama, a guy wore an Alabama so hat every single day. People are just wearing t-shirts. Yeah, no, just like they were, just like they were hanging out on mm. the weekend. Like they were, you know, going to go run to Walmart or something like that. <laughs> that wow. That's how, that's how they were pretty much dressed the entire time. A little more casual than my, I industry. think it's, you know, like, again, I, I'm, I'm not somebody that wants to walk around in like $300 shoes or something like that, but you got to make a little bit of an effort to look a little bit more and probably professional. Probably not wear a hat during a professional an Alabama hat session the entire but week. But it's fitting that he's an Alabama fan. Oh, and it seriously, it fit perfect. Then there was an LSU fan. Now he oh, cracked no. me up because 
Every shirt he had was logoed with his company, but on the opposite side was an LSU. Had LSU. He, so he must have put LSU on his oh, his Lord. business polo <laughs> shirt. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Wow. Yep. Uh, but there was uh, there was a USC fan, guy from California. Okay. There was two Washington fans. There was an Arkansas okay. uh, girl. Um, so you no know, ACC. My, what's that? There was no East Coast. It was it was yeah. all. Midwest, South, and, okay. and West Coast. I didn't see any East. There, there was one guy from Boston, but of course he has no right. allegiance to any college team. So every time I'm in these settings, whether it's a traveling for work, traveling for fun, and I'm out, you know, again, we've kind of railed on Minnesota just for college football fans. Like there's just not a ton of... It's a, it's a pro town. It's a pro town. So you get into Texas, you know, and you see a bunch of people from around the country, SEC country or whatever. I'm like, okay, I'm going to engage in some college football talk and but you know what? I got to learn my lesson. I'm always disappointed. They have, they, everybody knows everything about their team, but nothing outside of at absolutely. Least their region. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah. The, I barely talked to the BAM fan. I didn't need to get into that. Me and the LSU fan talked quite a bit. He, he actually knew his stuff pretty okay. well. Um, Which reinforces my belief that most, at least SEC fans are not college football fans. They're, they're SEC fans. And I've so always thought fans, I've right? always thought that about SEC. I thought that about SEC fans for quite some time. I, I'm starting to think about it for most fan bases where they just really know their team. Um But I'll I, be honest, I'm moving in that direction. I used well, to just love college football uh, across the little board. Bit, little now I'm bit. Focusing on the Big Ten and But and, and there was actually there was other there was two Utah guys. By the way, the 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 holy war with them hating BYU is no joke. They really? they hate BYU mm. with a with a passion. Um, like I knew, you know, I knew Kyle Whittingham was their coach, and they're like, "Oh, so you know our coach?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, he's been there for <laughs> ever." You know, right. like I I know Kyle Whittingham, Since, uh, but they they can barely they can barely name five teams in the Big Ten outside uh, you know the top yeah. ones. That's just that's seriously it's it's how they are. And the Washington guy was cool. We talked about uh, tailgating out in the. And the funny thing is, it's like I brought it up to him. I'm like, hey, you guys got a really, you know, unique tailgate scene on the water. I'd, right. I'd like to check you. You know what we do? We take our boats out into the water. and we. T-. I'm like, yeah, I, I literally know. just <laughs> led into the conversation. Talk. <laughs> but anyways, it's uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be uh, on the Eyes on Big podcast. So I guess that uh, we'll just we'll just jump right into uh, housekeeping. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Let's start off with some injuries here. Unfortunately. Mark Allen, backup running back. Penn State University is out for the year. Undisclosed injury. Antoine Winfield Jr., this is a big one. Defensive back, Minnesota. Also out for the year with a foot injury. And and I just real quickly. Yeah. uh, Since the Gophers are off this week, holy cow, did Gopher fans take that loss hard with with Winfield. Um, Like, to the level that well, you would, what, that would be reserved for when a quarterback is gone would be the best way I'd yeah, describe it. Well, he was the 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 heart of their defense, but look what for they sure. lost. You know, and it, their best defensive player, two great running backs. It, it, a year ago, you'd have thought, oh, we have maybe the best running back duo in the conference, and they're both gone. Correct. Um, and trying to be as glass half full for uh, Minnesota fans as I can, I've told them, listen, I seriously doubt you're going to win the Big Ten conference this year. 
and, and I, I don't take this. I'm I, I'm not happy that Anton Winfield is hurt, no, but horrible. you're just building depth for the next two years right That's now. True. Pretty much at every position for Minnesota. And you knew but. this was going to be a rebuilding year. Next is Jeremy Larkin. Also a horrible story here. Oh. Running back Northwestern University was forced to retire has cervical stenosis of his vertebrae, which is not life-threatening, but he can never play football again. And finally, we have Bleshwan Austin, cornerback, Rutgers University, also out for the year with a knee injury. I mean, my gosh, that's horrible. Yeah. And both bad, but Northwestern fans, I... Oh, man. How, how do you... How does your season sink lower during the bye week? Well, so we'll we'll get to that. Let's not go too deep, but they are just lacking playmakers right and that, now. And Badly. Then, and then it was the, the big was one that was away. left yeah. is now gone. Yeah. All right. So a little bit newer segment here. Um, we decided to go ahead and do enough. We've seen enough of the teams. We figure so we're just going to go yep. ahead and do some uh, Big Ten power rankings. All right. Should I go through them? Go Start ahead. The bottom, I assume. Yeah, we, that's okay. that's fine. Uh, this one was easy to agree on. Rutgers, number 14. Just ahead of them at 13, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. 12. And, I mean, just stop you right there. Sure. Even the most pessimistic Nebraska person, no way they would you would think they would be ranked 13th at this point in the season right now. You wouldn't now. have guessed that, no. no. But no. I don't think a, a sane Nebraska fan would argue with that ranking at 13 either. Got to find sane one. one. Yeah, got to find one. All right, at 12, Illinois at 2-2. Two and two. Coming in at 11, we have Purdue University. At 10, Northwestern University. And we'll just stop right there real quick. We should... Because Stop for a second, because this is where it got a little dicey. Yeah. Um, I actually originally had Purdue ranked ahead of Northwestern. Um, and then I pointed out Northwestern <laughs> beat them head to head. But then I would point out back that this is a different Northwestern team right now than played in week one when they played Purdue. The other thing I would point out is that. Sure. And my votes were mostly on merit, what they've done so far. And like, for instance, at nine, Minnesota. We yeah. both agreed on that yep. because they've won three games. They're three and one. They deserve it's to hard be. to argue with that. Absolutely. But they've lost their best offensive player, the best defensive player. I don't think they're going to stay there. I think they're going to fall back. Yeah. I mean, I guess foreshadowing to a certain degree of what we think. Um, right now, Purdue rightfully should be ranked beneath Minnesota and Northwestern. My guess is Purdue will be moving up the ranks as the I season agree. goes on. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. All right. At eight, Indiana. Yeah. Three and one. Three and one at seven, Maryland also three and one. At six, Michigan State, two and one. At five, Iowa Hawkeyes, three and one. At four, Wisconsin, also three and one. Um, three, Michigan, also three and one. At two, Penn State University, four and oh. And finally, of course, at number one, the Ohio State University, four and oh. Um and I think you could make a debate that two and three. I could or, see, or at least you could say razor thin with Penn State being two, Michigan so. being one. But obviously Penn State has the unblemished record. I give them the edge for that. But right now, just if put they, a gun up to your head, neutral field. I'd go Michigan. Yeah, I think I would too. Yeah. But again, you gotta you can't you can't you gotta rank Penn State second right you now. You have to. Yeah. So all right, should we go ahead and move on to the games? Yeah, unless we want to talk a little bit, bit about uh, Kelly Bryant. Yeah. Transferring. Yeah. Um, I know it's not Big Ten, but Yeah. But it it it's another – I mean, you could bleed it into Big Ten with what happened at Nebraska. Um, I'll say this much. Uh, so, obviously, we're talking about Kelly Bryant. Uh, Quarterback so four games in, he's been replaced by superstar Trevor Lawrence. By the way, I'm 
I'm going to be completely honest with you. It was week two of the season before I realized Trevor Lawrence was a white male. I had no idea. Oh, really? I I, I figured well, you, the, you're not big into following recruiting. No, no, right? I'm not. You know, you know that. So I was shocked to find out that, that Trevor Lawrence was 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 white. Um, but OK, so obviously Trevor Lawrence, superstar recruit. I don't think there's any doubt with the little football I've, I've tuned in with Clemson. He looks better at quarterback. Well, and than Kelly Bryant, the highest rated recruit at quarterback I think of like the modern ratings uh, um, era, like the last 15 years. I knew he was rating. high. I didn't know he was that high. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's special. Um, so I have a problem with it, mostly because. And, and to explain it through, Kelly Bryant is now transferring out of Clemson. And he'll be able to redshirt because yep, of the new redshirt the, rule. The four, the four game redshirt rule. Um, and he'll be able to transfer and, and, and play next year. Yep. Um, I, the, the one thing I would say is, uh, I, I am not a, you know, charter member of the, uh, Dabo Swimmy, uh, Dabo Swimmy fan club, but I seriously doubt that guy had any kind of malicious intent with trying to screw up Kelly Bryant's life. This is just oh, absolutely how, not. In fact, it, quite the contrary. Cause he did it at four games, right? If he had, if he had waited one more game to bench him. Kelly Bryant would not have the option to transfer. He would not be able to redshirt this year, and his entire senior year would be burned. So, so I give so, him credit. So why is this like a topic to debate on ESPN and in Twitter? Because to me, it's stupid. Dabo Sweeney did his number one thing is to make the the Clemson Tigers the best football team he can. Right. I I think. It, Almost everybody who's watched the games agree that Kelly Bryant is not as good a quarterback as Trevor Lawrence. I agree. He made the right decision. He made it before week five. In fact, Kelly Bryant should be ecstatic that this rule went into place in the offseason because he's in a better position now sure. than he would have been. But I, I feel like he's letting his team down. They now have a really oh. thin quarterback room. Yeah. It's not like you're still an injury away from being the starter again, and it's not like they couldn't use you even if – Trevor Lawrence is still healthy. That's the whole second part of the debate, and I and completely you, agree. What, because you're the backup quarterback at Clemson, now you have no chance at the NFL? And then this is how we can turn it back into uh, a Big Ten thing, because Tristan Gebbia should yep. have never left Nebraska. No. Who knows? Shouldn't. I mean, seriously, right now, I, what would Nebraska's record be? They if could have never... at least a win or, yeah. or more. Maybe two, a couple. Two, one or two wins. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just like, you know, I guess it is tough for me or you or really anybody to say that's not Kelly Bryant or his family. I don't know. But just the general is is the concept of doing things for the team just dead? Yeah, I think it's lost. But, you know, I always like to add that I don't know what else is going on with his life. There could be more to this than we know. Who knows? Um, From his comments, it was basically I was I was completely caught off guard by this it just oh, would you be caught off guard for real for real but now i mean this year he if he stays he has a very good shot at being in the college football playoff so usually when you transfer you take a small step down and he's probably never gonna if play i mean if you're transferring from clemson unless you go to alabama you're taking a step down he's right. not going to alabama so, exactly you know or, and he's or not ohio going to Georgia. state so he's, yeah. he's out of it he's never gonna play in the college football playoff again good job <laughs> Might be a little harsh, but honestly, very proud of you. Yeah. I was a little disappointed in him. I could tell, buddy. Yeah. All right. Well, 
that is a little bit uh we're, we're gonna, like i said we're gonna probably try to work in a little bit of uh, uh bsing for lack of a better way to put it because we this week it's, it's disgusting we have only five big 10 teams in action that's because Illinois, Iowa, Maryland, Minnesota, and Wisconsin are all on by this week. Um, so, yeah, that only leaves us with five games, so we'll jump right in. First game up, 1-3 Central Michigan at number 21, 2-1 two Michigan State. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. kickoff. On FS1, we had guessed the line at 22. Mm. It's all the way up to 28. And the reason it's that high is because Central Michigan is awful. They're they're a terrible team. They they have lost to Kentucky, who's turned out to obviously be a good team. And they actually put up somewhat of a fight in that game. They got beat by Kansas. They've gotten beat by Northern Illinois. And their one win is a 17-5 win over Maine. Did Yikes. you see that they had 177 total yards in that game? Yeah. Against Maine? And got a win. It's amazing. <laughs> it's tough to pull off. Totally amazing. Um, so, yeah, obviously we're not going to talk about Central Mission so much, uh, too much. We're going to talk about Michigan State. So, I guess uh, that's I guess it's kind of <laughs> the same question I've been asking for a couple weeks now. Is Sparty going to turn it on and start being Sparty? I think they are. Um First of all, Central Michigan. I'm I'm starting this week to look at the S and P and rankings because they they're finally starting to mean something. We have enough sample size here. Central Michigan is 130th in the country in offense, dead last in offense. Um, Michigan State is giving up 33 yards rushing a game. They are just going to stuff this Central Michigan team. Looks like bench their starting quarterback. Central Michigan did, so they got a new starter. I don't think it's going to matter. Um. On the flip side, on, on Michigan State on offense, I think they're this is the the week they finally get to open up the playbook, um, air it out a little bit down the field. My question maybe is, maybe get LJ is, Scott going, maybe get Connor. so okay because is LJ Scott back? Is that so he's uh, he's probable, probable. He's listed as probable for this because so that is going to be my question is is get the running game going. You, if I am a That's Michigan State fan, do, right? I want to be, I want a gaudy rushing set. I'm talking like 200 mm-hmm. yards rushing. Um, if it's L.J. Scott, that's fine. Is it Connor Haywood? That's fine. That freshman Jalen Naylor, it, he seemed to be the big, big game, big play yep. spark. That's fine. Just get the get the running game going if you're Michigan State. I think that's very important. Um, there's always that little brother effect, right? This is an in-state. Um, Instant but don't don't you think that here. takes a step back when it's week five and you already know you're an you're awful terrible. team? Yeah. I, honestly, I, I honestly think that matters. I think it prob- probably an, does. An, an eleven o'clock a.m. game. I just I don't know. I just don't see it. Week one, don't you're you're waving your fist at Mark D'Antonio, saying you're a big meanie for not recruiting me. <laughs> now you're like, we, oh damn, coach, we lost. <laughs> or or. Yeah, you know, you might have been right. I probably wasn't worth. <laughs> you know, I probably wasn't worth that uh, right. Michigan State exactly. scholarship. But yeah, I mean, overall, it's what I want to see is uh, the running game, the defense, which has been was was already good last week. Next week, you got Northwestern, and then it's boom time after that with their schedule. You've got to turn it on now for Michigan State. I think they will turn it on now. I like Michigan State to cover the twenty-eight points. Since we were guessing much lower line, we were guessing twenty-two and a half in favor of Michigan State. I'm going with Central Michigan plus the points. All right. Moving on. 
Next game up, 3-1 and one, Indiana Hoosiers at the 1-3 and three Rutgers Scarlet Knights. This is also an 11 o'clock a.m. game. Yes, this is on Big Ten Network. Fox did not pick this game up. Um, we guessed a opening line of, of eight. We were mm. way off on that. Uh, 15 is where it opened up. It moved up another Jeez. point. So now Indiana is favored by 16 on the road in Piscataway, New Jersey. Okay, what does Rutgers find to play for? So if we thought eight, that means I would, I should be picking Rutgers here, right? One would in think. theory, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> they fooled me three times. Yeah, you got, we got buffaloed last we got week by, by Rutgers. You know, I mean, right? I mean, Rutgers had a player or two sending nasty tweets about the coaching staff. I didn't even but, see that. Yeah, we could have put that in housekeeping, but I just figured I'd bring it up here. Man, I totally um, missed that Obviously, and, and rightfully so, Chris Ash got challenged by the media yeah. um, for the you know Monday or whatever, Tuesday or whatever it was, presser. I thought he answered it well. I mean, he talked about it's the only thing you can answer in these situations, which is we were playing hard. We just didn't have guys in the right spots. The reason you say that as a coach, because if you are a coach that admits that your guys weren't playing hard, you might as well just say fireman. Right. So that's what a coach has to say. My guess is they they probably were starting the game playing hard, but once they got down, I'm sure you start start giving up. Yeah. Um, Offensively, Rutgers is god awful. Defensively, they're pretty god awful. But they're actually not too bad on special teams. I'm tr- trying to find. They need the to make that here. one third of the game, yeah, three fourths of the extend, game could extend. And they that can to keep games fourths. close. Um, on the other side, Indiana. The reason they couldn't win the game last week is, I mean, they got to a certain degree. They got outclassed by a, a very mm-hmm. talented and and experienced Michigan State team. But against a lot of teams, what Indiana wants to do is run the ball. Yeah. That's what they've turned into this year, from what we've seen. It seems to me they have an opponent this week that will allow them to run the ball. Yep, and last week it was definitely not the team to be going up against if you want to run the ball. Now, on defense, I've been saying all year that that IU's pretty good. The S&P ranking, they're 19th yeah. in the country. Yeah. That's not too freaking bad. Right. Um, now, I'm curious, what is Rutgers going to do at the quarterback position here? Is Arthur done? Because let's let's all be reminded – even though Rashinho is a senior, yeah, his completion percentage was right around forty percent last year. But you know what we haven't talked about? What about Jonathan Lewis? He's might the dual well, threat guy. Well, might as well try, right? Try something different. Yeah, it's just something different. And I haven't seen anything out there that they're going to do that. That would be something that would in, in this maybe game. provide a spark. Well, and then I'm saying if you're looking at this from a handicapper, mm. to stay away because sure. that brings up a really good point of top you know like would that be something they turn to you're at the point in the season already obviously where you got to try everything yeah now I was looking at the Rutgers defense and saying this would be a perfect position to play Penix Uh, they have a horrible defensive backfield no pass rush whatsoever I'm not sure about the linebackers but it doesn't even matter because the rest of the defense is so bad and Indiana is not utilizing the playmakers they have on the outside they've got a lot of them I doesn't really seem like it because Peyton Ramsey's not the kind of guy that's going to pitch but it they, all over they've the place. But they've they've been pretty efficient on offense this year. I mean, I feel like I mean, again, yeah, they're they're so so. They're 3 and 1. I mean, their only game that they've lost against Michigan State, there's no, you know, there's nothing embarrassed about uh, losing to Michigan State no. and they've they've 
they looked good in that game too. I mean, it was just the turnovers that that did them in. I mean, I, for right now, I'm like, I I don't think you change much for Indiana. You just well, the, what I was getting to is, it sounds like from Tom Allen's press conference this week that they plan on redshirting Penix. Hmm. Now I don't know if he played at all against Michigan State. He had no stats. That doesn't mean he didn't take a snap. But I don't know. I I, I would really like to see them take advantage. I mean, Donovan Hale, Nick Westbrook, Luke Timian. He didn't play last week, but I think he might be back this week. Reese Taylor. I mean, it goes on and on. Uh, I even mentioned the guy that had the big game last uh, Filer, Wap Filer, or Filer. Okay. I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah. I just named five receivers on right. Indiana. Right. They 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 don't use them. You look down the stat line: two receptions, one reception. Well, I got good news for you, uh, Indiana offensive weapons. <laughs> you might get the chance this to touch the, the ball week. this yes. week. I tell you what. I, you know what? I guess my thoughts on the line opening up at eight was, okay, Indiana's coming off a loss. Typically, that knocks the line down mm-hmm. for teams, whether they deserve to be knocked down or yep. not. I understand it's Rutgers, but you're still going on the, the road. So I, I think that's where my brain went with the eight after I saw the 15 and now it's opened up to 16. I was like, yeah, actually I was just way off on that line. And maybe Rutgers is just one of those teams. That's going to be a thorn in my side all year round. But at this point I've seen enough from Rutgers. The only thing that would make me think something's going on is a, is a complete change in offensive scheme or something. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like ever since Jerry kill left the team, they don't seem to have any idea what they want to do on offense. Indiana has been a pretty darn good team all year long. I'm just going to take Indiana to cover the 16. Here's a little fun fact for you. This is the largest road favorite line for IU since, can you guess? In the Big Ten? Uh, Just any road game. What I read was largest road favorite line. Just any road favorite. No clue. 1990. (laughs) Can that be possible? Maybe that was just Big Ten. Wow. But that's not what I you know that's who not what I read. You know who it was? I think it was Brad Powers said that. Do you know no do you know who it was that they were favored over for oh, no, I, I don't. Wow. No. Wow, that's crazy. Hmm. So You? Um You picked here? I you know, logic tells me based on what I thought going into this game that I should take Rutgers, but I just can't do it. I told myself, I promised. Yeah. Two weeks in a row I wouldn't do it. So you I'm got Buffalo last week. I'm going IU. All right. Minus the sixteen. So that's it for 11 o'clock a.m. games. Uh, that brings us into the lone 2.30 game. There's two afternoon games, but this is the only one at 2.30. This is on Big Ten Network. 1-3 Purdue at 0-3 Nebraska. I was off on this one. Big Kurt nailed it. I I thought this would open up right around a pick em. You You said, I think I said Purdue three, half, three or I? four. four yeah. And it has opened it opened up at Purdue three moved up a, a hook so now it's at three and a half okay um, so something to bring up first right I mean mm-hmm. this is something to talk about was Scott Frost um, right after the Michigan game said hey we got Purdue next week that's a game we yeah. got a chance at winning wow okay literally on my notes right here I wrote down those were wow. his exact words so here here is my one. my take on that. Mm-hmm. That is not bulletin board material to me. I don't think it's that big of a of a deal. Jeff Brome said something along the lines of everything that's said is heard. So he acknowledged it at his press mm. conference like, oh, yeah, I, I heard about that. I guess my take on that is not so much as a locker room deal. It's more about, wow, 
did Scott Frost or any Nebraska fan at the beginning of the year think they would be sitting there saying, hey, guys, we're playing Purdue. I think we got a chance to get a win. Which that is basically is saying insane. everyone knows we don't have a great chance to win this game. But we're saying, no, we got a chance. Well, I think what it meant was he knew going into Michigan they had zero chance of winning that game. Okay. That's how I took it. Now, hey, we got that game over. We (laughs) got a chance to get a win. I mean, that's that's crazy. That is crazy. But he he couldn't have realistically thought that they would have a chance against Michigan. Could you? I think – yeah, okay, that's fine. I understand. Coaches are (laughs) – they have a chance when they sit down and look at film. They're like, yeah. they, they at the very least they look at Rashawn, they look at Rashawn Gary and they're like, we, we ain't got anybody that can block that dude. Right? They know that stuff. They they know that they're in trouble with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So don't get me wrong. Yes, he probably did not feel very confident heading up to Ann Arbor, but you don't. This is to me. A, uh, you don't say that is what I was gonna uh-huh. say. To me, this is Scott Frost. He's still a young coach, okay? At 43, whatever he is, that's still kind of a young dude yeah. for being a coach, okay? He is very young at being a head coach in a high-profile job like this. Yep, so I don't think he has... Being in Orlando. Right? Yeah. I don't think that's... I don't think he's learned the nuances of press conferences and how things are going to be perceived. Because right. another thing you might want to work on, did you see him in that press conference? Well, yeah, he's he's not presenting himself really confidently or well or... Well, and he's got the five o'clock shadow that's now like a f- three a.m. the next day shadow. Right. Um, the hat has been made fun of. It's like moved to co- kind of you know cockeyed and cool to now. It's like it's about halfway off the side of his head. Like clean it up, dude. Looked like he was still knocking back some highballs at about three a.m. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know. All right, maybe I'm might maybe be reading I'm, too much into it. Or maybe I'm not. Or maybe not. <laughs> uh, so anyways, just something to point out. This is Nebraska's homecoming. And and Nebraska Ooh. does make a, a big deal out of their homecoming. So, Well, I'm really concerned still at the quarterback position because not only is Adrian Martinez injured, but probable. Andrew Bunch is a little gimpy, too. He, they have two probable quarterbacks. So I don't see the, the run game coming from the quarterback here, which, again, they need that to move the ball. And let's – Remind everybody what Purdue did on defense last week. They limited A.J. Dillon to, what was it, 59 yards. Right. Uh, I mean, defensively, Purdue's statistically okay, but I think maybe they found something starting last week. I think so. And, okay, I'm going to expand upon that. We're just going to freeze this just for a second. I had texted Big Kurt four hours ago. It was actually as I was getting off the plane earlier tonight when I said rank – your top three teams in the Big Ten, yeah. three, two, one, that is better than their record states. Tell tell me what you wrote down for those three teams. So I didn't write it down. I was just going to do it kind of off the cuff. All here. right, that's fine. So better than what, what their record is. It what, doesn't better yeah. what, what the record is. Well, yep. definitely Purdue. Okay, so you rank them one. I think I would rank Purdue one. I think Nebraska has to be in there. Okay, and then. Mm. Gosh, my next one. Okay, I, I don't. That's know. the exercise. The exercise you pretty much already did it for okay. me. So, to me, I, I better than what their record says. I have Purdue number one. I mm-hmm. actually have Nebraska number three. Okay. I would probably have them number two, except for the the 
at the destructive loss versus Michigan. And actually, I have Michigan second in that ranking, better than what your I record can is. See that you know what I mean? I mean, I know I know Michigan's three and one. I think they're a four and zero team. Looking, you know what yeah, I mean? They look. The other one I was considering was Maryland. Maryland could possibly be up there yeah. too. So the whole point I'm trying to make here is this is a tough game to completely handicap and look at because. I still don't think we know exactly what these teams are right now. That's a good point. Uh, Purdue, even more so, um, I, to a certain degree with Nebraska, we know that they're having troubles with the O&D line. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's but anything that's – they're getting a good pass rush. They're getting a passing a, team, Purdue. Yeah, they're, and, and that's going to play into what I'm going to say next. So they're, we know they're having uh, issues – protecting their quarterback and really getting a big push in the running mm -hmm. game in general. The D oh, yeah. line isn't doing much in the front seven is what I should say. Stopping the run. They do get into the backfield. So that kind of plays into Purdue. What does Purdue do? Well, they're statistically speaking, they have either been right with or had more yards than right. I think every team they've played on their schedule so far. They've literally found ways to lose a lot of these games. Yeah, I mean, the, their losses, a couple were just on bonehead plays, and one was on a bad Correct. call. Correct. So right now, it seems to me that Purdue has more things working for them than than not, or than, than compared to Nebraska. I agree with that. But the interesting part about this is what uh, Purdue can't do is run the ball. Mm-hmm. That's where Nebraska's weakness is. So yep. it's like weakness, weakness on weakness with that. Right. What Purdue wants to do is throw the ball. Guess what Nebraska can do? Get into the backfield. Sure. I find that very interesting for this mm -hmm. game. On the flip side, um, when Nebraska's on offense, I, I mean, it's helter-skelter right now. Like, I know what they want to do. I watched a lot of UCF last year. They're they're just not able to do it because, again, Adrian Martinez hasn't they, been healthy. And they don't have great running backs. No. I mean, Bell and Well, their running backs are fine, but I, I don't I don't know if, you know, Daniel and Tomlinson and Walter Payton in their prime would do much with this right. offensive line right now. Well, last week they got outrushed 285 to 39. Yeah, and it was worse than that, Oof. to be honest with you. If yeah. you stopped the stats in the third quarter last week, but um, so, anyways, I I I feel like at my at first glance, I got why Purdue was favored. I I think I see why the line moved up. Not much. I mean, it just moved from three to three and okay. a half. But <laughs> there are intangibles. There are a couple things down the line or, or deeper un, under the level that you can look at that makes you kind of question this game a little bit or yeah, yeah? Uh, I don't know I don't question it too much especially Rondale Moore you know I think he's the big x factor here and I'll just go ahead and say it. that's why I'm picking Purdue minus okay. a three and a half okay um, I think Nebraska is just at an all-time confidence low I mean they're at an all-time program low we talked about that right right and as we've just discussed Purdue is a better team than what their record shows. They um, could be legitimately four and zero. You yeah. can make an argument for that. Um, I just I, everything you just said, I cannot disagree with. Um, <laughs> I feel like every time I say that, and then I pick opposite, I, I I tend to regret it. But I don't know. I just I think Nebraska. I part of this is <laughs> I I'm like I got to get Nebraska right at some point. So they are a home dog. They're a home dog with a. Look, I yeah. think this is going to be a really good game. I'm going to take Nebraska okay. in, the, in the three and a half because, again, like you're that. at home. And then after this, okay, just a quick little synapse, okay? Next up for Nebraska. And mm -hmm. by the way, 
No bye week. No bye week. The Bethune. That's Co- right, because the, they filled in Bethune. The, the law right. firm of oh, Bethune and man. Cookman is on their bye week. And is there any team right. in the Big Ten that needs a bye week more than them? No. I don't know. Up next, at Wisconsin. Ouch. Back on the road to Northwestern. Minnesota. Nope, no bye. That's Bethune, Cookman, and then at Ohio State. You need a win, and that yeah, is... I mean, it's not impossible to think that they could beat Northwestern and or Minnesota. Correct. But this this season's going to start getting harder. Harder, and it's not been a bowl of cherries right. up to this point. So our other afternoon game, a little bit later, it's at 3.30 p.m. on Fox. Number 14, 3-1 Michigan, traveling to Evanston to play 1-2 and two Northwestern. We guessed the line at 13. Kind of interesting. Yeah. It opened up at 11 and then moved right past our 13 and is all the way at 14.5 right now. Well, we know that Michigan has a totally dominant defense, and it seems like they may be getting better. They're ranked number four in the S&P rankings right now in defense. They're giving up 240 yards per game. On the flip side of it, Northwestern, their passing offense has actually been productive from a yard standpoint, but there's no explosiveness to their offense whatsoever. Whatsoever, You add into the, that the fact that Jeremy Larkin just retired. There's probably some kind of joke in there. What's so Evanston? I don't know. Ooh. Workshop mm. in that, but yeah. okay. Keep working on that. Uh, <laughs> you, then you've got what you really need to do is run the ball, and you don't, you don't have Larkin. I can't rely on Thorson to help out in the running game. Uh, offensive playmakers, what do you have left? Cam Green. You know, it's it sucks to talk about Northwestern, and basically you're pointing out all the issues. But I think if you talk to Northwestern fans and and the the Twitter handle that we follow, fans of Northwestern, yep. they've, they've been awesome. I think they've pointed out kind of the same things, is they're just void of talent. On the other side of it, at one point, I think you could have made the argument that Iowa or maybe even Ohio State had the best defense in the Big Ten in the last two to three weeks, it's it's flipped. Yes, Michigan seems like is reaching the their potential yep. on defense. And I I said last week, and I don't know how much of the Michigan uh, Nebraska game you watched. Did you watch Devin Bush run around in that game? No, I mean I did his stats didn't pop off him. the sheets, but mm-hmm. his him his, watching him on the screen, right. he he did pop off. He does it. Every week, like yeah. seriously, if you guys haven't, spark, if you if you've just kind of glanced around watching Michigan this year, tune into this game and 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 watch their linebacker Devin Bush. It is it is an absolute blast. And oh, by the way, their defensive line and and their cornerbacks also very very good too. There's a yep, reason yep. why their defense is this good. So speaking of defense, Northwestern's pretty good on defense as well, but it's mostly their front seven. They're kind of weak in, in the backfield, and. You know, uh, Michigan is starting to gel with their passing game. They have a lot of talent at wide receiver. Shea Patterson, I think they're going to get gouged in the passing game. I just don't see where Northwestern really, you know, has an advantage in this game. Correct. And because of that, I'm just going Michigan minus the 14 and a half. Um, so I had made a comment a while back on a different podcast that if Michigan is playing really well, it's Michigan. Yeah. Are they approaching uh, but that? If, but if they're not playing so well, it's meh, Michigan. Ah, yes, I do I do remember that. So are we going to get meh, Michigan, or Michigan? I think we're going to get Michigan. I have no idea where Northwestern is going to come up with yards and points in yep. this game. So I, I like Michigan covering the 14 and a half, upset that I was busy with 
such crazy things as work and training this week because I would have I should have gotten this line yeah. when it was lower, closer to that eleven. Mm-hmm. The line that I really like is forty six and a half for the total. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take the under yeah. in that game because I I don't see Northwestern's defense playing so bad that they're gonna allow a ton of points. Okay. I think this game is literally going to be thirty eight to seven. Uh 38 or 35 to three, like very low scoring. Michigan's going to get up enough and they're just going to sit on the ball. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be the end of the game. So uh, if I can make you second guess yourself, Northwestern is 14 and six in their last 20 as underdogs against the spread. And I, you know, I am not the biggest guy in the world with trends like that. Okay. Trends matter. I get it. Especially when you have uh, a coach that's been there for a yes. while. Trends and matter because Pat Fitzgerald has been there yep. forever. So I get it. But I don't think Pat Fitzgerald can do much with this offense. And especially I don't think they can do much no. against this Michigan defense. Do you remember the 2000 Michigan at Northwestern game? It was a barn burner. Yeah. One for the ages. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't remember the final. Like 51 to... Was it 2000? I thought it was a little bit later than that. 2000. Okay. I was at that game. Okay. It reminds me of that game because I'm guessing the spread was similar back then too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if there's an explosion of offense in this game, I would be shocked. All right. I don't think it's going to be a repeat. No. So that will bring us into the... Yeah, kind of a no-brainer this week. 6.30 p.m. on... ABC, we've got 4-0, number four, the Ohio State Buckeyes at 4-0, number nine, Penn State Nittany Lions. I had guessed, or we had kind of guessed the line at Mm -hmm. around five or six, Ohio State opened up at four, has moved surprisingly for me a little bit back towards Penn State Mm -hmm. and now sits at three and a half. So there is a a ton of, of... parts that make this game yeah. intriguing a couple i i could dug up a couple stats okay, if you don't mind me it. going Please. in so total offense ohio state is number three penn state is number 16 yards per play i don't have these ranked but ohio state is an outlandish 7.58 penn state's at 7.25 anytime yeah. you're over six and a half yeah. you're good they're well over seven scoring offense okay yeah. yep. putting points on the board penn state number one mm-hmm. ohio state Number two, yep. that is in the country. I don't know how many people realize that. Everybody knows Penn State and Ohio State have been putting points up on the board. We're full four weeks into the season. This is the number one and number two offense in the country. And did you see the the stat uh, based off of that? The, the 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 number one and number two scoring teams in the country playing each other, both Big Ten teams. You know the last time that happened? Ohio State. No, 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 no. way back. 1962. You're Wisconsin kidding me. Northwestern. Wisconsin yes. and Northwestern? Yes. Is the last time the two number? You're kidding me. The last time in a Big Ten game, it was the number one versus number two offenses. That is insane. Isn't that crazy? Um, defensively, there's actually defenses that are playing this game, too. Not not quite as great, but I don't know. Maybe to a certain degree, not as low as you think either. Ohio State's ranked uh, number 23 in scoring defense. Penn State, number 35 in scoring defense. I think something that that should make this game good, okay? Because when you look at the, the course of a season, ebbs and flows and whatnot, you certainly need, you need three or four games to figure out who you want to be mm-hmm. on offense or defense. Not only that, 
you also want to be tested at some point yep. in the year. No doubt Ohio State got tested by TCU. I think Penn State got tested by both Pitt and App State. And by the way, App State has turned into an absolutely yep. offensive juggernaut. That win is looking less and less embarrassing. And pretty... Pretty much like a, a good resume builder, right? Uh, resume builder, or at least to the to the point where you're like they didn't realize what they were up against because yeah. they didn't have sure. film and all the new right. guys that that App State has on offense. And remember, a certain podcast that you might be listening to right now, we said after week one, like we don't yeah, know don't how good it. these yeah. teams are yet. I think we now know App State's a pretty darn good right. team. Anyways, long story short. Both teams have got good good wins on their resume. There is a reason why this is the number one game in the country by a moonshot. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about defenses too. Uh, let's not forget that Oregon State put up a bunch of points on Ohio State. Uh, they had a little bit of trouble with Tulane. I think it was maybe mostly on the ground. I think – now, I'm not sure this is correct because it seems impossible. Did you see this? The two starting linebackers for Ohio State in the Tulane game did not record a tackle? No. It seems impossible. Wow. And now let's move over to <laughs> Penn State. Uh, you had mentioned Pitt. Pitt ran for 245 yards on them. You know who else did? Illinois. Exactly 245 yards. So there are problems, I think, on both of these defenses. Okay. And I, you, I had the same basically points written down. But real quick, who's the better defense right now? Ohio State. Right. I, I mean, no, no, no slight to Illinois, but... Let's be honest. A little bit of a slight towards Illinois. Go ahead. And hey, Illinois run the ball. You. Illinois, Illinois run the ball well. That that yes. is something they're they're honestly they're they're doing well. Mm -hmm. But they had no troubles running the ball versus Penn State. And certainly, I understand you can mix in the whole Friday night game flying into you know Champaign, Illinois. That that plays into it. But at some point, it's just an X's and O's and Jimmy's and Joe's thing. And they were getting just outdone by by. And, Illinois' rushing attack. And I want to point something else out. I rewatched that game this week. And you've got Dwayne Haskins completing 76% of his passes for Ohio State. There were, um, there were multiple times when the Penn State cornerbacks were getting owned by one-on-one -on -one by Illinois receivers. I'm a little scared for their cornerbacks. I think Haskins could have a huge game here. I don't think there's any doubt if I'm a Penn State fan, that's what's making me nervous about this game. Um the other part that makes me nervous is I hope in no way what I'm going to say next, next like like is any kind of put down to Trace McSorley because Trace McSorley is a gamer, okay? Yep. But but I see him more as a gamer than a gunslinger in the aspect of just keeping up with a dueling Dwayne Haskins mm -hmm. versus his defense. I don't know if that made sense, but. As I think as a Penn State guy, you want this to be more of a good game. If this is a good game, it starts to work its back way back over to me in my head to be advantage Penn State in because home so against a, there you go. At home in the whiteout yeah. like that. Does sure. that does that make sense? Yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. But I can't get past the first part of it, which is there is just there are holes on this Penn State defense. For sure. The D-line really is the, is the big hole there, I think. I mean, is it – you brought up Dwayne Haskins. That's obviously a, a good word to start with the uh, Ohio State offense. Yeah. By the way, take some time to look at – everybody's slobbering over Tua Tonga Viola with, yeah. with Alabama. Look at their stats next to each other. Dwayne Haskins is – 
very comparable to Alabama, to, sure. to a tongue of violence. Well, that, I don't that think just, there's anybody you can say is outplaying Haskins. Right. I mean, he's been but unbelievable all with, world. With that being said, with how uh, Penn State has struggled stopping the ball, stopping the run, does Ohio State come out and run the ball? Well, yeah, I, I remember myself last week saying they were just practicing the passing game against Tulane. I think that's what they're going to try to do here, is they're going to try to establish a run, but then I think it's going to open the, up the pass. So I think we're kind of... I'm going Ohio State. Yeah, I'm going Ohio State. It's It surprises me, just shocks me to see that that line moved back towards Penn State. I get, I get that it's a whiteout. I get that coming into Happy Valley is not an easy thing to do. I yeah. get that, but I just feel like Ohio State got tested with TCU. They are going to be laser yep. focused for this game. In all honesty, I'm a little bit nervous this isn't going to be a very good game. Yeah. Really? Like I could, I could, could get I could I could see like a 42 to 28 type of game. Could get as ugly as Penn State's uniforms. <laughs> God. So how about some stats? Yeah, some right. quick stats. Okay. All right, Penn State, they first started playing in the Big Ten in 93. So since then, they have played 24 games against Ohio State. What do you think the record is? It's not It's not great. I think it's like one in six or something like that. No, 24 games. Oh, 20, I thought you were saying that. Sorry. No, so in the 24 games that Ohio State has played Penn State since Penn State joined the Big Ten, what is the record? Ohio State, how many? I'm going to say Penn State. How many? I'm going to say 18 to six. Ohio wow. State. Close. 16 okay. to eight. Ohio okay. State. Okay. I, thought, yeah. I was going to guess much closer than that. All right. The biggest blowout in this series. Actually, the two biggest blowouts for, for each side. 1994 Penn State beat Ohio State 63 to 14. Oof. In 2013. Do you remember Ohio State beat Penn State? By what score? Same score. 63 to 14. You're kidding me. Yeah. Crazy. Now, I've seen Ohio State fans say this isn't a rivalry. I think that's this is a rivalry. They're, they might not be playing for something. You know, we love our traveling trophies in the Big Ten. Right. To me, this is a rivalry. I agree. Okay. I'm not going to argue there. Anything else? Uh, that should wrap up the games, I think. Okay. Just a quick peruse around the country. Um, do we really care about number 12, West Virginia, at number 25, Texas Tech? Does I that really? Okay. I mean, it's like. Do, do, do you think Texas Tech is the 25th best team in the country right now? No, probably not, but I'm happy that they're playing well. Okay. I mean, I I like Kingsbury. I don't want to see oh, him get okay. fired. And I like, okay. I, I, I like the air raid team. So, yeah. I hope he sticks around. I do. All right. Um, one that's kind of interesting is Virginia Tech uh, at Duke. Mm hmm. I've always liked David Cutcliffe. He doesn't get enough credit for what he's done. I, I mean, when people list out the greatest coaches, they're obviously always going to go for the guys that won national championships. And I get that, and they should. Or or guys have just won a lot of records at a blue bud school. It's a lot you get, to Duke. <laughs> you get Duke to the number twenty two team in right. the country. They're they're efficient on offense. They play their defense is off the charts right now, man. I mean, yeah. this is a top ten defense and it's not even up for debate. On the other side, you got Vatek. Who maybe was was that just an anomaly? I don't know. Yeah, what what, what was that? I mean, the one of the biggest upsets in college football history definitely will be this year. And I, so if Vatek, I think it was twenty nine points was the line. I think on that game, big Wasn't upset. It? Anyway, I mean Huge. they they were awful going into the game. Is the whole the oh, whole yeah. point? Oh yeah. Um, so uh, but so if Duke, you know, handles them, handles Vatek, mm -hmm. where does Justin Fuente go from there? That that one is 
I don't know, interesting to me. Um, another one that I put on here, number 19, Oregon at Cal. So right after the heartbreaking loss to Stanford, now Oregon's got to go on the road yeah. and play Cal. Okay, again, is Cal the 24th best ranked team in the country? Uh, it, but know. does Cal wind up getting a win here because Oregon is – Pardon the pun, a wounded one. duck. Yeah, Ooh, and, and now they're coming into, they're flying down the coast we to play a, Cal. A rim shot effect. Yeah, we here. should have we rim shot there. that out. Um, I don't know that one's kind of interesting to me. Now the one you really got to pay attention to. Okay, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about this just a little bit. Is number seven Stanford at number eight Notre Dame? Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden, so somehow quietly, Notre Dame has crept into the top ten. At the beginning of the year, I think. You and me, I think a lot of people, not that we thought Notre Dame was a bad team. I don't think we took it as realistically as a team that was going to be into the college football playoff conversation. Okay. A lot of the talking heads that it was like their their dark horse team to make the college football playoff. But it, when you were talking about the top teams, I mean, first of all, it's the same teams were you know that you talk about all the Every, time. They weren't they weren't brought no, into that. No, true. But and I'm also going to assume if you're listening to this podcast and you're a friend of the Big Ten conference, you probably aren't a card-carrying Notre Dame Fighting Irish fan. I'm certainly not. Neither am I. You need to cheer for Stanford in this game because mm. suddenly you look at Notre Dame's, the rest of their schedule, it's, it's pretty easy. manageable. Yeah. I mean, it is very manageable to the point where if, if they lost this game and won out, I don't think they would get in because I don't think their strength of schedule yeah, but would it's also be a, Notre Dame. But the, that's not going to fly with the committee, or at least it better not. Otherwise, well, there's no criteria, so it could fly with course, the committee because the national invitational. Yeah, but you would think tournament. the the lack of good opponents left and the lack of a 13th data point would, would kill them. I would think it would. Should. So this could be the game that would knock them out. I got nothing against Stanford. Stanford I'm just keep cheering on. for Stanford because I always want them to beat Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't need more you know, incentive. Hopefully that'll be the case, and I don't know. Hopefully that'll, that'll be what happens. So that's all I got for, for my sheet. Uh, that's all I got here. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter, at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek on Twitter. Um, again, we really please appreciate share. it. Please share. Please send thing. it. Please subscribe. Yes. Hit the subscribe button. Correct. Please. The subscribe button is a very big part of That's that. That's your friend. Um, it will it will also make it easier on you. It'll just load into your uh, you know, Apple or Stitcher. It'll just it'll be ready for you to listen to. Um, thanks for giving us a little bit of patience this week as I traveled back from uh, from Texas and made Maybe it back into Big Ten country and well, hope you guys liked it.